0: You're listening to the Tech Execs Podcast, and in today's show, we are talking about the biggest time wasters in tech initiatives. So if you're responsible for launching tech initiatives in any capacity, or even managing them to an extent, you're not going to want to miss what we have to cover today. We're going to talk about some of the common pitfalls of tech initiatives and uh, things that can potentially derail you and just cost you a lot of time and money. And uh, we're also gonna talk about how to combat these things. So we're not just going to tell you probably what you already know, right? But how do you actually combat against these time wasters? You ready? Ready. Three, two, one. Hey everybody, this is Eric Clark. And Brian Schuster. And uh, here we are today at the Tech Execs, episode number three. We're your hosts. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Brian. Hi. Before we get into uh, the content, the main topic today of Biggest Time Wasters, uh, let's talk a little bit about what we talked about last week, which is uh, listener feedback and specifically getting uh, input from the audience on what you want to hear.
1: Yes. So starting off this podcast, we originally started with just a few subjects we were interested in and personally invested in, but that's not where we see the future of tech execs going. Uh, We don't see ourselves as storytellers. We see ourselves as consultants. And today we are consulting with you. So we really want to hear what are your problems you're dealing with? Is it something technical? Is it something high level? We want to hear it. So really, we want you to come and contact us and have your subject introduced onto the podcast and even interesting enough maybe have you into our studio so i'm calling our little office here our <laughs> studio yes and uh, discussing exactly. it more in person um
0: to do that and don't be shy right uh we'd be happy to hear from you um even if it's just feedback so what you can do is actually email us at this uh, email address we set up it's answers at the we'll read every single one of those so um reach out there send us your questions your comments and uh we will probably feature some of those on the show in the future. Oh, absolutely. What we've done here for today's episode is actually different. So the first two episodes we've done, uh, we've prepared uh, together, Mm -hmm. uh, collaborated on some uh, topics, and then came up with some great action points we thought would add value to the people listening. Uh, This time, and in full disclosure, Brian and I, are this is our first podcast, we're really excited to be doing this, uh, having a lot of fun with it, Mm -hmm. actually. And I want to see it continue. But today, what we decided to do was let's pick a topic and prepare separately. So I don't know what Brian's going to say. He doesn't know what I'm going to say. It's going to be really interesting uh, to see how this goes. Today,
1: you know, just go diving right into it. Um, Eric, what do you think are your biggest? Because I know I just prepared one big note that I think is consistently the worst thing I've seen companies do. And it drives me crazy every single time. Yeah. So that's the way I approach this, trying to think of the biggest time waster is that I wanted to pick something that universally was just bad for an organization. Like if your organization is doing this, you have that. And there's some initiatives that you do that make sense for one organization, but maybe doesn't make a ton of sense for another one. And I want to pick something that just universally was hated, you know, or something that universally was a bad idea. Um, Eric, how did you approach this?
0: So my approach, um, and I professionally have, uh, been a project manager for several years. I'm not in that role currently today, but, uh, I would say that I have, um, had a lot of hands-on experience in projects that have gone really well and projects that have gone really bad. So it gives me an interesting perspective to think about what are the biggest time wastes that I've seen mm-hmm. in these, uh, initiatives, uh, specifically with information technology, um, technology. All of the project management experience I have is within IT. So that is my context for the discussion today. And I think you'll find uh, that mine... So I came up with three. Okay. (laughs) I think I... uh, I just didn't follow the instructions, maybe, because I think we were supposed to come up with. No, the- no, no.
1: You're you're a project manager, and I'm a developer, which means I actually get stuff done. So I was oh, very effective. Gosh. Wow! <laughs> wow! And I'm looking over here just the way we approach this, because I have everything in my head, and I'm looking at your list where you got these very clean, nice bullet points, which means that other people can follow it very nicely. <laughs> okay, and be able so to do that.
0: Your stream of thought today, and I have a little bit of a structure to my approach. But okay, okay, okay. I want to we'll hear your it. structure first. Then, what? well, I, I don't, I'm not going to blast you with everything all at once. How about we start with this? Okay, um, meetings, biggest, one of the biggest time wasters. Again, I have three meetings. Would be my first one, okay. and here's the reason. Uh, I think we have too many meetings in general, and uh, you know, you see people jump in these meetings, kind of ill prepared. The host. Is ill prepared, whether it's a conference call, or you're physically meeting together, you don't have the right people in the room, or there's too many people in the room. And here's the thing about meetings, they're just inherently expensive. Because you have multiple people in a room for an hour, let's say. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a uh, you know, five people in a room. Well, that's you know, five hours, almost a full work day of just sitting in a room. And what are you doing? And here's the thing. I have learned to reject meetings that don't have a clear agenda attached to them or, or, or that I know that I'm not critical or necessary to the meeting itself. Right. Not everybody has that discipline or has learned that, but that is one of the key time wasters for me is that you schedule a meeting, you don't come with an agenda and you don't have the right or necessary audience there with you.
1: Yeah. You you mentioned two things there that I want to piggyback off of. One of them is the discipline comment. And namely that the thing with meetings is that nobody ever starts off having a lot of meetings scheduled on your plan. Nobody ever starts a business that says, hey, let's have all of our best people and most qualified people sitting in an office every single day, you know, sitting in, you know, conference rooms every single day, not actually getting the work done. It's kind of a slow growth type thing where they become necessary after a certain point, but then they just get bigger and bigger and nobody's really putting the brakes on it or putting any structure around there. So you just get these big bloated, you know, yeah. systems that exist out there. You know, that's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, you have the system to reject it. Um, honestly, like most people who put down meetings, always schedule them for an hour. I don't know what it is about that magic hour number. You, you know why?
0: What? Well, why? Because that's Outlook's default. That is it's the... in 30-minute increments. So that's why you have either a 30 or a... 60 or whatever you know but it's always in 30 minute increments and you can actually change that in outlook you, know, you can like, yeah yeah but nobody does no, nobody I, does that i
1: actually did that at one of my former employers where i made my default meeting 15 minutes long and they all 90 percent stayed at 15 minutes if i put them at half an hour yeah. it would have gone to half an hour if i put it at an hour exactly you would have people sitting
0: there at half an hour it's it, it's the goldfish uh, theory right the goldfish will grow to its the size of its environment yeah, you, you keep feeding it. And, the you know, it's the same with meetings, right? If you give the meeting an hour, chances are you're going to consume the hour.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So I see your strategy here coming up with this idea was to pick something that like, you know, death by a thousand cuts, you know, sort of thing, because meetings is never one of those things that starts out as a problem. It always grows very slowly over yeah. time, you know, n- until eventually you get to the point where you seemingly can't operate without them that's really interesting
0: so here's the thing uh, some some ways to combat this Uh, very practical things and these are broader than just meetings for tech initiatives and i'll go into one specific for tech initiative meetings but make sure that there's clear actionable um, action items at the end of the meeting right you should never leave the room without that and you should always enter the room with everybody understanding why they're there, what's going to be discussed, and what the goal of the meeting is, right? Really simple checkpoints for any meeting that you have. Uh, the, the one thing I would say from a tech initiative, can, that's our kind of focus here today is the biggest time waste in tech initiatives. When you have a meeting, there's lots of non-technical people involved in meetings and mm-hmm. lots of technical people involved in meetings as well, in the same meetings. And I think from my is I, I have a lot of meetings called from non-technical people that want to just understand that things are okay. <laughs> and what I would just say is like, look, if you're leading an initiative or you're um, commissioning an initiative in some ex- executive or director level position, commission your people, give them the autonomy to make the decisions that they need to make and just back off. Well, you brought up trust that things, you know, give them the right tools and, and things to kind of bubble up status to you. But uh, don't schedule a meeting just because, you know, you're, you're afraid, you don't know what's going on or whatever.
1: And I think that grows out of the lack of discipline your organization has to be able to do that. Because what you're talking about there is you have developers sitting in a meeting that are just there to try to solve a problem. I mean, that's why they're in that particular meeting or they have to because the project doesn't necessarily deal with them directly, but indirectly might hit there and do something. But then you have the non-technical leads that are sitting there just to make sure things are watching. Like I know this has happened like at least in a quarter of my meetings where there's somebody in the meeting that did not have to be there, but they're mostly there because they're afraid something's going to go off the rails. I don't think they have anything to contribute right, right. per se, but they're there just to make sure it happens. But it goes back to that, bigger, larger point, do you have the discipline to keep it up? And actually, Peter Drucker in The Effective Executive like dedicates a whole chapter to this one concept of how to schedule a meeting. It's so important. Like He
0: actually puts in an entire chapter just on handling meetings. So we're going to have a link to that in our show notes. You can check that out uh, on our website. We'll give you the link to that in a little bit. Yeah. So what
1: he goes into is says that the best executives – I mean, their job is basically to have meetings and make decisions. And so what he found, like, the best executives do is, like, every single meeting has a agenda. It often has one single point to it on what are we going to accomplish there. They hit that point. They never stray off subject. You only have people that absolutely need to be there. And then at the end, go back and summarize that, which are a lot of very boring details, except that, like, the best executives out <laughs> yeah. there – Nobody ever Do does that. that right,
0: though. Why? It, you know, that's it's just the interesting thing, is that it, it seems to be the hard thing to execute on. And you know what? I think it's just the pace of tech initiatives, like everybody's kind of rushing around in business, and it just feels like uh, lots of chickens running around with their heads cut off,? Right? But just pause for a second, take a moment, think about what you really need to get out of the meeting, and who really needs to be there to make it happen. Chances are you can really pare down the audience. Uh, And the time it takes to do this meeting, right? If you just stay on task and have a grid plan agenda going into the meeting.
1: I mean, honestly, probably the good, simple thing you can do like in 10 seconds and save yourself hours in the future. Just change the default on your outlook.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like learn how to change that
1: default. You wouldn't think it makes a big difference. And I think part of the reason why people don't focus on this is because meetings is so are so inherently boring. Even the people who really care about their business, it's so inherently boring, people spend as little time thinking about it as possible, but it just kind of grows into this thing and nobody thinks about managing it. But yeah, if you just change that default, that's that's usually all it takes, you know? You can structure the other things, but you have yeah. to get buy-in. Simple. you change it, you can actually do that. That's a good point. So you brought that up, and that's kind of death by a thousand paper cuts. Yep. I chose kind of a bigger very broad one that I wanted to discuss, which Let's was...
0: What is it? So
1: when people are taking on a new technical initiative, there's usually this period of figuring out what's the best tech stack we want to implement and what we do. So if you are designing a new... Website and you want to move to a newer framework, you'll have lots of options. You can have Angular, Angular one and two, React. Um, there's even you know stacks like Meteor where you have lots of different good options. Or business intelligence, you have Tableau, Power BI, mm. Click. There's even some you know smaller options like Pentaho, which is nice and open source, or maybe BI tools that do something very specific. And there's usually this period of we're going to open up the door and kind of look at all of them and then pare them down based on our needs. And usually that's a good thing. But one of the issues that ends up coming up consistently with organizations, not all organizations but enough, is basically getting it down to one or two top-tier choices and staying on that point debating it for months, some organizations Mm -hmm. even years to execute on, because they almost get into decision paralysis.
0: I, I see. Yeah. That's a really good point. Uh, they just get stuck in this. Well, what, what, what's the reason for that, do you think? Is it fear of making the wrong choice, uh, losing too much money? I mean, I guess it could be any one of those I, things. I think it's that there's an,
1: there's a relatively easy choice to be made with a lot. Like You can go through the Gartner Magic Quadrant for any industry, get the top 20 choices, and if you just want to stay gold standard or price, you can look at the right, or like, you know, you have these hard limits, like there's certain hard limits, you know, you have to abide by, you know, like if you are a Microsoft shop and Microsoft has a suite of tools for you to use, that's a limiting factor that you might use to be able to do that, you know, so often you can cut off most of them relatively quickly, but it's usually like that last, like 10% of the analysis where you got two choices that are really similar in a lot of ways. Like a perfect yeah. example is Azure versus AWS, where they both offer very similar services in their kind of ways, and they get stuck on these really dumb small points. Okay, yeah. And then we're doing that.
0: I And I think the when, root, when you really need to get to the point of action. Right. right. And, and, you, and that's, yeah.
1: And I think it comes down to... A group of people not accepting the fact that if they make a wrong choice, they're going to have to accept some blame for it. Because usually what it turns into is, like, you look at Azure and you look at one aspect of it and you realize, oh, it's, you know, this ecosystem is not as mature. But AWS has all these features. But, oh, you know, these features in AWS don't support this, which we need, back and forth. And it's almost like they're looking for the perfect solution right. where you can never be wrong which absolutely doesn't exist. Well,
0: so and I think to that point, totally agree with everything you're saying. If you're uh, a big enough company, a huge enterprise, you can probably get what you want. You can work with the vendors to have a customized solution, but obviously that's very expensive um, and not there's very few population of companies that can actually pull triggers like that to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so otherwise, you're in this spot where you you do have to make a decision, and that's the best thing you can do is decide on something, realizing that, you know, you're not going to have a silver bullet solution that fits all of your needs perfectly. I mean, that just doesn't exist. I do see people get stuck there, and uh, it's sad because, um, you know, they're just missing out on, on actually taking action, right? That's what you need to do. Find something that fits eighty or ninety percent of what you need, mm-hmm. and the ten percent you might have to refactor something or do you know do something else, but at the end of the day, that ten percent is not worth you just dragging your feet on and on and on, so yeah, it's that ten percent, and I think it's that inability to basically say
1: something's going to go wrong somewhere here, and if we chose the other option, this particular field, we would have done better I mean that's you know that doesn't happen that happens so instead of somebody making a choice and being to blame because of this bad decision nobody makes any decision on it and constantly bats back and forth and you end up basically having two choices that more or less get you the same place but it takes months and months to get there
0: that's a good point brian thanks for bringing that up i think that makes a lot of sense and hopefully resonates with everybody listening you know um i had one other thing uh, actually i had two other points but i think we only have time for one so let me keep People in suspense with the the other thought that I had.
1: <laughs> oh, I see, that's a good one. Uh,
0: I I'm so my my other item that I would say is a big time waste is uh, email. Mm-hmm. I have noticed over time. Well, let's let's pull back a little bit. Email is a universal communication tool that is very helpful, and I'm not going to discount its value in the workplace because uh, the fact that you can email anybody anywhere, right, is really awesome and very beneficial but what i've noticed is that people have started treating email like a chat tool they've started treating it like an instant message and yes it is it goes through and it's delivered immediately Uh, but what comes with that often and unfortunately is an expectation of an immediate response back and that drives me nuts uh One, because what it does is it creates a culture of people who feel like they have to watch their inbox all day long and that ends up just consuming your day.
1: Yeah, and that's actually something I've talked with um, uh, my friends, my other tech friends with. Um, I actually have a close friend of mine who's working for a startup in San Francisco and he just talks about how he can't get away to get work done. And one of the main tools that stops him from being able to do that is their culture around email, where somebody sends an email and not like just a coworker. He can ignore the coworkers like a manager or somebody else that says that this priority one thing that needs to be taken care of right now. And so instead of being able to work on what he has to do. And his projects, he has to deal with something else. We're just responding, you know. They treat the urgency like it's, you know, it's a priority one, and they expect a response like that. But the truth is, most of it just—it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that much. Yeah. Not as important as
0: the thing he's working on. Yep. Email is just—it's a—it it feels weightier. It feels heavier, right, than an instant message, mm-hmm. and it needs to be treated as that. Well. So I would say that emails are better for the announcement content, right? Things that. You, you can send out and announce to your staff or a team, project team or whatever, um, and and just trust that they're going to read it on their own time within, you know, 24 hours, right? Don't have the expectation that you're, you need a uh, response immediately. And here's what you do. If you need a response immediately, this is how you combat it. Go have a face-to-face. Go find the person. And if you can't, you know, if you're not physically located uh, with the person you're trying to talk to, call them or text them or, you know or I am them, something that's more immediate, if it's really that urgent, don't send an email. Because what that does, it just creates a a place where people need to be monitoring that all day. And if people are just going to be sitting there monitoring their email, it's completely inefficient. They're not working on the things that they need to be working on.
1: Well, it's funny. So the three things that we mentioned in all different ways, and mine's the best, of course. The three things that we mentioned (laughs) all deal with the same exact overall concept. A lack of a culture of discipline, of being able to say, because yeah. these are things point. where you have emails sending off. Nobody at the top, particularly an executive, is going off and defining what the culture needs to look like. Usually because these things are not defined things. Growing meetings are not something that you know you ev- that everyone anyone wants it just grows over time sending emails for every little emergency you get is not a defined action it just it's just the natural outgrowth of not having a culture like dragging your feet on the in- initiatives like doesn't happen you know isn't defined they kind of happen because nobody's sitting there manning the ship you know we act like these things don't have a cost that sending emails constantly does
0: not have a cost or at least maybe we do have a feeling that it does have a cost but it's so easy to do yeah we just overlook it well well I, in the individual instance,
1: not necessarily because if you look at broadly it's like wow you, you hear people oh, we spend a lot of time on email or wow that was a three hour meeting where nothing got accomplished you know it's almost like in, in the back of your mind but for some reason we feel the need to have those things happen anyway because there's some big emergency and that's just and that comes from executive leadership. You know, or somebody not taking a leadership position and right. saying these
0: things matter. And they have to set the tone, and that's extremely important. So if you're responding to emails uh, nights and weekends, that sets a tone. And are you okay with that? And if you don't understand the concept that going back and forth with email over two or three days could have been something that you could have discussed face to face and addressed within an hour. I mean, you have to understand the the the, the amount of time that's spent going back and forth, and people shifting context in their head, right? Um, it's expensive. It's expensive in other ways uh, that that people might not be thinking about, right? Yeah.
1: Culture of discipline. There's yeah, the term.
0: That's I like it. Look at how this shaped up. That's interesting. So we had three main points today. We're gonna wrap this thing up. Um, so biggest time wasters in tech initiatives. Um, meetings
1: meetings that's one
0: and brian had the next one which, which was,
1: was um uh, what's the nice way to wrap that up basically two similar choices for initiatives and decision yeah yeah really indecision on two similar choices
0: the other thing that is worth mentioning there too is that look tech changes so fast if you drag your feet, you're you're just gonna have to re redo the whole thing anyway, right? Yeah. If you wait eighteen months, chances are the technology you're talking about has changed drastically to the point where what you're talking about eighteen months before doesn't even matter. And then thirdly, emails. Um, which, you know, meetings and emails might seem like no brainer stuff, but it is really important. I'm not joking. As a project manager, I've just I've seen this take down teams to the point where it, it's just ridiculous the amount of waste. So if you can set, a, set up a culture of discipline where you know that you're, you're setting the tone as the leader and executive uh, in your organization, uh, where people don't feel like they have to check all the time, do it. You should do that. Model it. Be a good model. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Great content today. Um, I think that worked really well. What do you think? Yeah, I like that. Certainly. Basically certainly. prepping separate and not talking to each other and then just coming in recording. I like not talking to you. <laughs> That's not true. Well, hey, everybody, thanks uh, for listening today. We're really grateful for uh, the time that you took to spend with us today, listening wherever you are, car, running, working out, whatever you're doing. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, you know what? Like we said uh, earlier in the podcast, we want to hear from you. Uh, seriously, we do. We want to, we're looking for our listeners to drive the topics uh, mm-hmm. that we talk about. So send us an email with your questions, your topic ideas at answers at Mm thetechexecs.com. We're going to read all those emails. And uh, once we get through our first six episodes, we've kind of got those queued up, uh, at least in our minds, that we're going to do six. And then we'll start jumping into these uh, listener-driven topics. Mm -hmm. Um, Another way you can connect with us is on Twitter at thetechexecs. So um, I want to remind everybody, be sure to visit our website, thetechexecs.com slash session three that's where we're going to post the notes uh, and kind of summarize all the things we talked about today on the show and uh, i think that's it that's all we had for today that's all i have awesome well thank you everybody enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you next time on the tech execs